You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast, podcast, podcast. I'm in Boston, everybody. This is episode number 97 of East Central India's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, and today I'm joined by co-host Mr. Dakota Davis. Today's episode is featuring Mr. Rob Kendall, who is a producer on the Chicks on for the Chicks on the Right. He's also the host of the Rob Kendall Show, and he also does a video series called Where Did Your Money Go? Uh, we will be talking to Rob about the state of the state address delivered by Governor Eric Holcomb, uh, some legislation that pa- that is we think might pass through. Maybe it's going to get killed uh, in the Indiana State House, and we will also be talking about uh, our culture's just general. I guess just we're, we just like to be outraged about things, right, Rob? Like. Uh, the governor's doing what's a going fine on job. He's doing a great job. He's losing all of his friends. <laughs> I think the Boston accent came in because of the Super Bowl and the damn Patriots being back in there. <laughs> Go Pats. Uh, so Chase will be on the sports desk, and he's going to have a hunting update for us. Uh, over on the uh, producer desk, we got Chris Guffey, who's supposed to be covering the Newcastle City elections. This yes. show, as always, is going to be fun, entertaining, and it's about our lives in rural Indiana. Whatever the hell we think is interesting is what the show is about. All right, this episode is also brought to you by Montgomery Steakhouse in Spiceland, Indiana. They have uh, so much to be proud of. For the past five years, they have been voted to have the best steak in Henry County, and they have been voted to have the best ribs for the past three. I I, Mm. I tested out the ribs. Fantastic. Mm. Not only is the food absolutely spectacular, but the atmosphere and staff make it the best dining experience you could ask for. For the past four years, Montgomery's has hosted the District 6 Libertarian Party Area Convention in one of their very top-notch reservable meeting rooms that they have available. For great food, great drinks, and a great time, go see your our friends at Montgomery Steakhouse, just south of I-70, Spiceland, Indiana. Tell them Boss Hog sent you. Try to avoid Darren Jacobs at all costs. Love you, Darren. Got it. We worked him in early in the show. We don't have to complain yeah. about him now. We'll still complain about him. <laughs> Darren I hear, is I hear Darren's socialist. got big things brewing down there. Big things. What are you hearing? What rumors? I don't know. Maybe a bed and breakfast? I don't know. A bed and breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I hear Darren's going to make you bacon and eggs. Mm. They've, got the, they've got the hog farm just a couple miles outside of town. And Darren, Very nice of him. And Darren's got the chickens, of course. It so really, ba- breakfast, bacon and eggs by Darren. The bed and breakfast really goes along with Darren's socialist principles of what's mine is yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here tonight. This is uh, the dead of January, episode 97. It's January 20-something, 27th? 4th. 24th. 24th. Yeah, whatever. Close enough. Uh, and the studio is David Letterman quality in here today. It's like I walked in and it's 49 degrees. Yeah. So uh, we pay our own heat bill. <laughs> we should probably start warning our guests that they need to bring a parka to come in. But uh, it's all good. Rob's looking good. We do have to say thank you. Oh, yeah, Aaron <laughs> Eldon Pitts is in the chat going, ah, yes, Darren Jacobs. Everybody <laughs> knows about Darren. <laughs> uh, Patreon thank yous. Brant Spicer, Christy Avery, John Phillips, and Craig DaCosta. Craig gets a special 
special notice this week. Why, Dakota? He does, because, Craig, I showed up to my house yesterday, and there was a box, a great big box that was there waiting for me. It had the Amazon smile on it, and Craig was gracious enough to hop onto Amazon.com and search for Boss Hog of Liberty, and he found our wish list, and he ordered brand new backlighting for the studio. Ooh. He ordered a brand new headphone amp. They're no longer the clamp-on shop lights. They are yes. very premium up lights uh, with bases that are not a fire hazard. That's true. And uh, Rob, I don't know if you've noticed, but the last time you were here, there was an awful buzz in your headphones. There was. And that is because uh, we had a terrible headphone amp, and Craig DaCosta bought us a premium headphone amp off of Amazon. Nice, Craig. You know, in, in all seriousness, it's got to be very flattering to you guys to know that all joking aside, that people care that much about the show. Oh, you know, yeah. I was telling Jeremiah before the show started, I was like, the weirdest thing is, is that whenever I open that box and Amazon lets the buyer send a note along with it, the people are thanking us yeah. whenever they're buying us yeah. things. It's and surreal. It's the weirdest thing. It's I'm so grateful for it. Craig, I'm so appreciative. I'm always taking new applicants for for being my new daddy. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really liking this. So, you know, I put you on first on my list. I but, like I, but I think about the value that people find in that, that they're like, I want to be, because they literally become, you become a part of their lives, and then they want to be back and, and be a part of your life. And that's incredible. It's, it's incredibly humbling. Uh, it, it, they give us the ability to, to live out our dream of having a radio show and, and serving the people of our community uh, and practicing this craft, and we don't know where it's going to go, but it's fun, and we're thankful. And this every, place is awesome. Every week that goes by, you know, the it just it just fends it. It's become its own entity, uh, and it's really incredible. I, I every week I'm like, ah, we really need to sell a sponsorship or do something, and then it just <laughs> happens, and I'm like, yep. man, this thing has got a life of its own, and it's it's just surreal. It really takes care of itself, it feeds itself, and I, I don't know how we found the the market we did or found the the path forward, but the show really does. It's an entity on its own. And, and you're doing surreal. much better than Chris Spangle, which is the best part. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, there's Chris, Chris hit a low there for a while, but old Frank Caliendo <laughs> seems to have, seems to have taken pity on him and has him on, on his show now. So, uh, there's not a lot of people that can say that their hobby pays for itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? right. And they don't. Right. And whenever they want to do their hobby, they don't have to do it at home. Yeah. Like it's incredible. It is. It's a dream come true. Or at Dakota's home. You know, I mean, we've gone from poolside to Dakota's spare bedroom to I, I know it's not on Monument Circle on the on the high on the high rise. <laughs> but at least you are, we don't have homeless guys outside. But we're right? downtown <laughs> Newcastle. Yeah, your your odds of dying going to work are much smaller here than I have down a Monument Circle. <laughs> but your boy Abdul has has solved homelessness. I think they've. He's gotten them all removed from the streets of of, uh, of Indianapolis. It, it's really an interesting thing because obviously there's going to be a mayor's race, and you know, in a city that's sixty three percent Democrat, it should be a walk in the park for Hogsett. But he's so inept, and the homelessness problem is so bad that you know, if Merritt Merritt's going to have to get tough, but if he gets tough, he might have a puncher's chance. So let's let's take a minute to introduce Rob for those that have forgotten uh, about Rob. I don't know how it's possible, but uh, it's been I, I don't know. You were with us probably four or five, six months ago. I, I lost track as to what episode Rob was last on. Uh, I usually look it up whenever, <laughs> whenever returning guests it was, come on. I, 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 I know what it, it was. It was it was the week after you were here with Steve Horwitz, I believe. The same time, uh, is that right? 
were you on a Steve Horowitz? No, yeah. but but I he remember was, it, it was the highest. It was, it was the highest rated episode ever. It was incredible. it was the most watched one ever. But it was it was the same time, right around the same time. as yeah, school was, going back to school. Yep, Ron yep. Colley, their their thing happened. Yep, and Joey then, Joey was on, and Joey us. Joey called in. Yeah, so oh, it was yeah, that was yeah. that was that time frame. So it was probably late September, somewhere in there. So you are your day job. You work at uh, you work for Big uh, Jeff Samoan, the former owner of the. Uh, this is sports over here of the Mariners, Jeff Samoan. <clears throat> Jeff Smolian. Smolian. yeah, Samoan. He's he's named after he's owned Girl a lot Scout of cookies, he's owned right? a lot he's owned a lot of stuff. He, I've I've owned next to nothing, but he's owned a lot of things. <laughs> so, so he's the he's the Grand Poobah at ninety three WIBC. Yeah, MS Communications, four stations in Central Indiana. That's incredible. He's got Hank FM one hundred five seven. Yeah, and ten seventy and ten seventy. The fan. Yeah, Big Joe stays now on the payroll. Yeah, we walk around with a guy in shorts all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. I told Joe today when I saw him, I see him on TV doing these commercials, and he kind of. Let me in on how they do the commercials now, so it kind of ruins some of the, the magic. But I always say it's always fun to be at a sports bar, look up and see Joe and go, uh, my office is right next to that guy. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a great place to work. And they still, even though they own stations in New York and Austin, Texas, they still, Jeff's based here. So it's pretty cool. You know, WIBC sort of his, his baby that he really covets because it is such a heritage station. 80th anniversary was this year. That's incredible. Yeah. And awesome. then, and then you had a. Uh, you talked about Joey. I, you had a cameo in one of the espresso videos. Did. doing a little Christmas dancing. I had been begging those guys for over a year. I told them they were the Siskel and Ebert of WIBC, and neither one of them knew who those guys were. Oh God! And then I had to. They looked it up, and they thought it was hilarious. And does I, it, now? I'm 35. I have to ask my younger co-hosts. Do they know who Siskel and Ebert are? Nope. No, I have no idea. For for for, for real? I really don't. Isn't either. that interesting? I, it's I, crazy because they were like, they were the movie critics of like of our era, and they were the old guys that would sit there and watch movies, and they would have a Saturday morning show, yeah. and they would you know Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert, uh, Roger Ebert uh, out of Chicago, I think yeah. both of them, and they would review th- two thumbs up. That was the thing. Yeah, and the, the old guy Muppets were kind of loosely based on those yes. dudes. The old guys okay. that sit up in the theater and hurl insults and. Oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. And yeah, I thought sure. they were joking at first, and they just like dumbfounded at me. Like they had no idea who these guys were. Yeah, and I don't so either. I said, I, "That's it's the first time I've ever actually felt old." Was, it's a different era. Yeah. So they, I've been begging those guys forever to let me be in a video, and they finally let me be in the uh, the video for Christmas, where Ben's dancing at various places. <laughs> I saw that one. Central that one was yeah. very funny. <laughs> very, very nice dance moves. There's a lot of talk going on in our live stream chat right now, and they they keep saying in the same sentence, Rob Kendall and Governor. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you've been trying to have a summit. You've you've been offering yeah. a beer summit. I guess we should offer you a beer summit. Oh, we're here we're drinking beers. Do you want a beer? Oh, that'd be what, whatever you have in right. there. Uh, whatever would be fa- fantastic. We have you have we a have, chance. Uh, we have SKB from Sun King Brewery. Oh wow. We have Two Hearted Ale, we oh. have Black and Tans, we have Guinness Extra Stout, and we have whatever that is. Uh, Barn Beast. Only the, the finest. Yeah, the, he, if so, he's running for governor of Indiana, he needs <laughs> yeah. something from Indiana. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I we must... can also have a mojito made. <laughs> oh, that seems a little uppity for this, for this crowd. Uh, Rob can't have a mojito because he's too close to Trump and building that wall. That sounds Southern. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Do you guys want to get into that now, or you want to uh, save it? Or... We'll, sa- well, we'll, we'll, it, we'll it, save that for, for the reason the government shut down. We'll, yeah. t- we'll talk about that in a minute. No, no. I meant the, the governor thing. Oh, we can get oh, rid of that. Now. It's yeah. right here. Yeah. All right. Potentially Let's... Indiana's next governor. It's right on the show notes. You know, it's it's really interesting because uh, you know, kind of started as a joke, and people have been really fired up about it, and and 
at this point, it's like something you got to kind of at least think about, right? I mean, it's flattering that people say you have enough good ideas and you're entertaining enough and you care enough about people that we'd like to consider you or you'd make a good governor for the, the state of Indiana. But that's a huge commitment, right? I mean, you went through that. I was I was Rex's campaign manager, and it's um, it's not easy. It, it, it's, it's not easy. Um, you can't be you can't be afraid to work hard. You can't be afraid to ask people for money. Um, it, it, that is the biggest the biggest struggle you have is overcoming straight ticket voting and overcoming the fact that PACs don't think you're in power. Yeah. So you're not going to get the ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollar checks from from the liquor lobby or the time the time lobby or the well, as you may have seen uh, today, or the, or the, liquor, the liquor lobby is not very happy with me right now. It'll, it'll come down to this, right? The conversation Rex and I talked about this yesterday actually is all about how do you advance? Oh, that's so fabulous! God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the mustache must stay if you're if you're going to vote. <laughs> there is a keep, poll. Chris got the mustache. Producer. Oh, and that tastes fabulous as well. Tremendous it, choice. Sun King. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Marion County's own. So the decision comes down to this, right? How, how do you best promote freedom and liberty? And I work at a heritage radio station, heard all across the state, where every day I get to talk to tens of thousands of people and promote freedom and liberty. Now, somebody might say that there's no way you could possibly get elected working at WIBC. But there's a guy that's at. Uh, <laughs> He's that doing quite at, well now. <laughs> that work that that's pictures up on the wall in there that has a that has the the number two job in the country. So yeah. it's not impossible. Yeah, every every day when I sit down, I think you know I'm not a huge Pence fan, obviously, but I think that's pretty cool to think the Vice President of the United States really not only not only made his name but resurrected what was a pretty in shambles political career from that very seat. I mean, that's 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 a that's a cool thing, right? I mean, yeah. whether you like Pence or not, I mean, the guy was some guy in the dumpster heap of time after losing twice and, and used the power of that radio station and network Indiana to resurrect everything. And, and so that's a, that's a powerful thing. And it, it really, it really r- resonates how powerful that radio station is. And now our, our friends in Rushville will say that he used Rushville's radio station. to resurrect. <laughs> and then, That was like the Brownsburg of the, of the jet. You know, if we're comparing the Mike Pence career to the Rob Kendall career, of course, you're ahead of him by now. Yeah, because you haven't lost elections like Mike. I have never lost. You're you're a prolific tax cutter, and then you retired on your own. Mike lost a couple of elections. Then he got into radio. You did the radio thing at the local level where Mike was in Rushville. Yeah, we're in Brownsburg, and now you're both at WIBC. Yep. So the next thing is, I guess somehow you have to convince Greg Garrison to take your job when you leave, <laughs> and you go become, and then and then you win your election. You know who else actually followed more of the Rob Kendall script, and it's really interesting. He went from being a municipal lawmaker to a to a statewide talk radio show host was Jesse Ventura, and Ventura, while he's yeah, kind of turned he into a, he's kind of turned into a kook later in life as governor, he was a very fiscally responsible guy. His whole thing, he ran on the idea of the Jesse checks, which is giving money back to the people. Now, remind me, was Jesse a Democrat or Republican? He was a Reform Party. Oh, a third-party guy. Third-party guy, yeah. And, you know, ran his campaign on $300,000. It's really incredible. He literally was the mayor of Brooklyn Park uh, and then got into talk radio, much like what would be the equivalent of WIBC in Minnesota. And people just started, much like me, saying, hey, you'd be really good at this. You should consider it. And he, he put it out there. and. It caught fire, and he ends up winning and becoming the governor, and he ran on a lot of these same issues that are facing Indiana now. And, I mean, it's, it's really incredible. And these, uh, these uh, where-did-your-money-go videos that you're doing are a lot like uh, Ross Perot's presidential campaign, where he would go on TV, and he would have the, the chalkboard, and he, yeah. he'd go, 
Let me show you where your money went. Well, I mean, it's disgusting, right? When you this actually is how start, the government is screwing you. When you start unpeeling the onion that is the Indiana budget, because you get sold this stuff, right? I can't believe Dakota knows who Ross Perot is. <laughs> but you don't know who's this Melanie When you start peeling back the onion, if anybody that's watching this hasn't done it, if you ever need a cure for insomnia, just open up the Indiana budget. You can Google it, pull it up, and we do a biennial budget, so it's two years. You can read through it. It's disgusting. You know, we, we get sold this, hey, we're a state that works, good to great. We're putting, you know, we're fiscally accountable. No, we're just better than Illinois. And that's not really saying much. And, and people have bought hook, line, and sinker for so long. And I think it's starting to wear off a little bit about how great we were. Because Mitch was great, right? Mitch right. was a good governor. But Mitch hasn't been governor exactly. for a very long time. And you've had two dudes now who are living off the legacy of Daniels, and they're nothing like Daniels. There, there was nothing in common. I worked for Mike Pence. There's nothing in common. It's why Quill looks a little bit more like Mike, but but still, or but like like Mitch, but not from a fiscally responsible standpoint, right? I mean, when you enact forty six tax no, increases in two years, you got to work for that. I mean, you got to really try to raise taxes forty six times in two years, including the largest tax increase in the history of the state. And and so the question becomes: How do you best spread that message of of freedom and liberty? And Right now, i got a pretty good way to do that, but if it is running for governor on the libertarian side, because, look, Holcomb knows this. If I run for governor, there's no way he gets reelected. It, there's no it's what the vote it. too much. He, he, knows, he knows, and that's why they're nervous about it all, already. I mean, look, I have it on great account, and this is honest, and you know me. I, I, I tell you how it is. His people are actively talking to people that are mutual friends, asking them whose side they're going to be on. And that really offends people, by the way. So if, you, if you're hearing this and you're a part of the Holcomb administration, stop doing that. That really angers people. And also you need to tell people that people give word back to me about what you guys talk about. I have a lot of friends. <laughs> and look, just start governing better. It's a little bit early. Yeah, they've still got time to fix this, right? Yeah, yeah just, 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 just start governing better, right? Govern like a, like a libertarian. Be fiscally responsible and socially just stay out of our way and maybe Rob won't have to run against you. But you've got this general assembly to prove yourself. This is not, this is not a hard thing, right? But we keep seeing that the donor and the lobbyists, because look, Bob Grand is the Scrooge McDuck of Indiana politics, right? He sleeps on a pile of money, he throws it up in the air each night, and he's bought and sold politicians for years, and now he's got the vice president in Washington. Eric Holcomb is a donor and lobbyist dream. He's the guy they always wanted. Eric Holcomb is the Frank Underwood of Indiana politics. How do you go from being third in a three-way Senate race, a distant third, in which your whole campaign strategy has been reduced to shooting baskets in all 92 counties? Are you, saying, are you saying he pushed an indie star reporter in front of a train? <laughs> I'm not saying he got that far. Is he I'm not. <laughs> Twim swearings because he had a bad outcome yesterday, man. I'm it, not gonna lie. I love Frank Underwood, so uh, I don't. I don't know who I'm rooting for now. It's, yeah, he. You said that you liked that horrid. Disgusting I did. I love the video. Okay, I love the video. What he did was awful. He's a terrible person. But I still love that video. Did you? Do you know what video we're talking which, about? Which, which, what video we're talking with about? With Kevin here? Spacey. In oh yes, character? where where he re reemerged yeah, as Frank Underwood. It was very awkward. He, yeah, he reemerged as yeah. Frank Underwood, but he basically told his yeah. story. Yeah, and it was like I loved it. It was like, <laughs> yeah, that made me. He's a terrible person, out. but I loved it. And and so the and look, by the way, let me say this: I've met Holcomb several times. I knew him in a media life. I've interviewed him numerous times before. We call him Better Days. We refer to those as the Better Days. <laughs> But Eric Holcomb campaigned as a conservative. I never once heard him talk about raising taxes when he was out trolling around asking for votes. And he's a really nice guy. He's a really you meet him and you say, oh well, what a what a very nice what a very nice guy. He'd be fun what a to, nice young man. He'd be fun to sit down and have a Sun King <laughs> beverage with. But he is not governed in a fiscally responsible manner, and he's governed in a way. Do that you he's, think? 
do you think the super majorities in the House and the Senate in Indiana have caused the the ruling party to trend more to the left? Oh, sure. Do you think that's what's it's happened? A, it's arrogance, right? I mean, when you've got an issue like, let's just talk about the thing going on with Kyle Hupfer right now. Where the Republican Kyle, Kyle Hupfer is the he's the state chairman right now of the Republican Party. He was D- in D- DNR, DNR and he ran. I think he ran for a state house race one uh, in, from Pendleton. Yeah, and, and, and he's the, he was the treasurer for Holcomb when he ran. You've got the the chairman of the Republican Party investing in a group that buys thirty one liquor stores. Okay, I don't know what thirty one liquor stores cost, but I'm betting if we pool our money together, we could not afford thirty one liquor stores. That's a gigantic investment. Just last year and into this year. The state of Indiana, the Republican Party, Brian Bosma, Eric Holcomb, David Long, have done everything possible to deny common sense and freedom when it comes to consuming alcohol. Eight hours a day. Eight hours a day on Sunday. They ignore their own commission's recommendations. You'd have thought there was a mass murder at the Ricker store when Jay Ricker figured out how to legally sell cold beer. Those guys rushed to the podium to stop him. And you realize there's a reason they do this. The reason they do this is because they are bought and sold by the liquor lobby. Well, now you've got a guy who literally is the leader of the Republican Party. He's the chairman of the Republican Party. Who just joined the liquor lobby. Who who has now bought 31 liquor stores. And in the article, they talk about how they're going to buy more. They want to buy more liquor stores. Well, it's easy to bet on the Super Bowl if if you can control the outcome of the game. If you can sticky Tom Brady's hands together and he can never take the snap, it's pretty easy to bet on the Rams, right? So this guy knows that the state of Indiana, and now has a vested interest in the state of Indiana, continuing to curtail liberty and freedom. That's arrogance. It's not illegal because he's not an elected official, but it's total arrogance, totally inappropriate. And in the article, what's really interesting is one of the guys that is investing with him talks about, hey, we're going to buy more liquor stores because we know there won't be new permits. Well, how do you know that? How do you know there's not going to be any new permits unless you're helping write the law? And this is the stuff these guys do because what's the other option, right? You got this dude, J.D. Ford, on the Democrat side where his first bill is he wants to give discounted tuition to illegals. So a person goes, well, the Republicans suck and they're arrogant, but then I got these guys over here. What do I vote for? Yeah, you get two parties of control, right? Right. And that's, that's the issue you have is you have two bad decision makers. You have, you have a party that says, I want to control business. They're not for free market. They're just for protectionism. And then you have another group that wants to take the state's funds and then redistribute them to other parties. But the decision in running for governor has to be about more than, will I make sure that Eric Holcomb's not reelected? We already know that. If Rob Kendall runs, Eric Holcomb is not going to be reelected. Hello, Governor Hammond. Yeah, exactly. Or whoever they run out there because his record's so bad. But that's not worth giving up a job I love, and it's not worth – that's not the right reason to run, right? It's to advance the conversation of freedom and liberty. And if I get in – look, I know it's a long shot. But I, I've overcome a lot of long shots in the past, and if we can, I think we can raise a million dollars. I know it's a huge lift, but look, we could be ultra-competitive if I could raise a million dollars because I will get millions and millions of dollars in earned media. Nobody will get earned media like me in all corners of the state, and that helps libertarians all across the party, whether it's state senate races or state house helps races. down ballot tickets. It absolutely does. And we got to put a ground game out there, and we're going to go, go, go if we do this. This is a 92-county thing. I'm not getting in it for name ID or name recognition. I've already got that. But if we can spread this message and we can get people fired up and we can knock on doors in 92 counties, I'll take care of the earned media side. I can't wait. I told Spangle this today. I can't wait until I turn on the nightly news and see that the Republican Party has to spend, let's say, $5 million in negative ads on a libertarian. I can't wait. 
<laughs> oh, listen. I, from personal experience, I know that the Republican Party will go negative against the Libertarian. I mean, I experienced it. By the way, I outraised and outspent the, all the other candidates in my race. I Not combined. I truly, I, I truly believe if if I got in very quickly, we would become the second party. I think it becomes a Rob Kendall, Eric Holcomb race. Now, again, he's going to have 15, 20, 30 mil- They will not let him lose, right? I mean, they, he, he is their guy. I think, the, I think the thing that stands in the way of the Eric Holcomb versus Rob Kendall race is straight ticket voting. You're right. 100%. You're right. Because and, and- I don't think that you'll, you can beat the head start that the Democrats yep. even have. And, and and you, we mentioned Ventura earlier. Minnesota did not have straight ticket voting. No. We are uh, we make fun of you know in Indiana. We we for some reason we hate the freedom of selling alcohol and cold <laughs> beer on Sundays. We still can't sell cold beer in a grocery store. You can't in Ohio. You can't buy a car on a Sunday in this state. I think it's still illegal to take a bath in the wintertime in Indiana. Don't tell my wife because she likes to take them. Uh, but it's on it's on the books. And we're one of eight states that still has straight ticket voting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a it's huge, archaic. It's a huge mountain to overcome. But again, if the conversation we can make the conversation about maybe we maybe this campaign changes straight ticket voting. Maybe we can make people enraged enough about what's going on that we tra- change straight ticket voting. So even if I don't win, if I can make monumental change like that, if I can force the legislature to pass next year, I mean, if I'm in by then. They're going to they're gonna be moving left and right to try to save this guy. So if I can force the legislature to approve medical marijuana for people with cancer who need it, then, then that's worth it. If right. I can, and that's, that's one thing that we talked about um, in our election recap. Uh, Begrudgingly, yeah. the, the, Was, the state allowed CBD oil. Yeah. And it, it sounds like hemp has got a fair chance. Yeah, I think hemp's going to go forward this year. Yeah. But... In the state of the state, we did not hear a single word about medical marijuana we or didn't. recreational, for that matter. Not no, a word from the government. No, n- not not word one. And you know what's really crazy? Is Even there, though the people are demanding it. There's a group out there Veterans called, groups, everybody. Called Normal. And, and mm-hmm. David Phipps, I'm actually going to have him on the show, the Rob Kendall Show this weekend. They've done a phenomenal job. They've been very, they've been very professional in their presentation. Weed guy with the weed on his hat is not showing up. These are people in suits and ties who are being respectful, who are being polite, these veterans groups that are showing up. And look, I've never smoked marijuana, and I won't if it's legalized. But how arrogant is that of me to tell a cancer patient or a veteran who who served their country, who suffers from immense tragedy and trauma, or some of them with migraines or whatever, especially in a state where – we have people dying left and right from opioids. How arrogant is that of our government to say, under a, doc- a state-licensed doctor supervision, you can't smoke marijuana to help you deal with your pain? Why do, why do we care to fill these? We're, we're 150 feet from the county jail here in Newcastle, yeah. downtown. Why do we want to stress this system and the prosecutor's office, the judge's office, our sheriff's departments, our local police, and because the, of and the jailers plant. that work there yeah. because, of, because of simple possession? I've never met a mean stoner. I mean, honestly, I've met a lot of mean drunks. I mean, I, I, you know, I've, I've never met someone that got mean when they got stoned. And I've met a lot of people who are, uh, who are mean when they're, they're drunk. I, uh, look, alcohol kills people every single day who get, choose to get behind a wheel of a True. car and drive, right? Yeah. But we don't ban alcohol. We tried that. And, and it, it's just absolutely egregious that we, we treat people, this medical marijuana, which could, could be so, mean so much to so many people. So if, we, if we're able to move things like that forward, then it's, it's kind of worth it, right? One thing, one thing, whenever the marijuana conversation first started happening, 
uh, was a lot of social conservatives were saying, well, there's there's no way to adequately tell if someone is impaired behind the wheel, right? We heard that we heard that excuse a lot. So it was it was like with alcohol, they can use a breathalyzer. Yeah, we don't. That's not even an excuse anymore. No, we can. Yeah, it, it's it's, it's we, because they have developed the technology to be able to test if a person has a certain amount of THC in their bloodstream and when it was ingested. It's. And, and you know, cold beer sales is another one. There is zero reason that if I can walk into a liquor store, of which Kyle Hupfer, chairman of the Indiana Republican Party, owns 31 of them now, that I shouldn't yeah. be able to go into, uh, you know, CVS or uh, a, a BP or uh, Walmart or wherever, in which these people have to ID you anyway, the same way they do at the liquor store. It's not like the rules are different. Yep. It is we are it is arrogance. Hey, at least they let us sell uh cold cider. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, <laughs> That's I mean wine. It's totally different. I mean, yeah. think about when you go into a speedway, the speedway in Brownsburg, they have literally rows of cold wine available for purchase. And I can yeah. walk right out of it. But a cold beer, oh no, 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 no. Taking no, it a step too far. The only reason no. you would want cold beer is so you can drink it on the way home. <laughs> so if I can use that statewide platform, because look, we'll smoke them in the debates. I mean, we will we will mop the floor with whatever goober the Democrats run. I mean, that's going to be a complete and total loser. My money's on Aaron Dickin. <laughs> <You know, laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, what what when Pete Buttigieg is probably your best option. I mean, that's that's how weak the Democrats are. So whatever loser they run, and Pist- then, Pistol Pete's looking for a bigger job, man. I mean, it's, he doesn't want to settle for governor. God, these guys are sick, aren't they? Right? Like they live in politics. Like go home, get a real job. You know, do something with your time that produces for the economy. Like it's ridiculous. I mean, it's the same thing with Holcomb. Like the last real job he had was when he was in the Navy. I mean, all these dudes. I mean, it's like come on, man. I mean, it's it's <laughs> disgusting. So let's let's talk about Eric Holcomb for a minute and the state of the state address. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi couldn't keep Eric Holcomb out of our state house to give the state of the state. And um, I he doesn't the, have to be invited. I don't think it's not the, yeah, it's not the same kind of a just, deal. There was there was a rescinded invitation for, very, the, for uh, the state of the union. It's a very tyrannical system compared to the federal government. <laughs> uh, if you're a Patreon member, uh, then in your show notes, there's a uh, the annotated indie star, basically. Sometimes my co-host uses the wrong word. Annotated and annotated. Oh, same right. thing. You know, we don't, do we it just, all the we time. We buzz right by it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. It's only wrong if you believe it's wrong. Right. We we buzz right by it, except for whenever I pause the show to talk about it. <laughs> except for <laughs> when I point it out for comedy. Um, anyway, the basically word for word, you have Eric Holcomb's State of the State Address, and there were some things I wanted to talk about, especially with you, Rob, because I know how you feel about it. Mr. Holcomb. Well, it's not. It's not that I feel that way about him. It's about. Well, his, like good, look, I, the I, way that he's yeah. done, not as a person, obviously. Yeah, I think he's a great person. The way that he's not delivered. Yeah, sure. As as a Republican governor, um, one one thing is is that he asked to the lawmakers to take 150 million dollars out of the state uh, reserve that our little uh, our little cash <laughs> reserve that we have there. We have two billion dollars uh, in in our. Re- savings account right now as a state and uh, that's Holcomb, sick right er, yeah and it, you know and you know they always save up to two billion because the law says after two billion they gotta they start to giving start it back to, they gotta start giving back to the people yeah so he he's saying um we want to take 150 million dollars out of that and we want to use it for increased teacher pay yeah which by the way <laughs> the uh, the state of indiana 
does not dictate how much teachers are paid. That's up to the local school boards. You After think he a knows that? Amount, right? You think he knows that? <laughs> I don't know. And then here is an... <laughs> the, 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 the education system in Indiana has gotten to be so convoluted. We spend more Wait, money on education did, than anything was else. Was he educated by one of these teachers that he's trying to pay more? He's a Terre Haute guy. He's probably, he's probably public educated, I guess. I don't know. And, sure. and see, I can, we can say that because my, my dad's from Terre Haute, so I can say that. And my, my mother's from Cloverdale, from so it's even worse. It's the way it goes. So uh, there, was a, there was some math in this Indy Star article. Uh, if that were to be equally distributed, like Bernie Sanders' dream, uh, across every teacher in the state, then it would mean $1,000 more a year. And he said that we needed to compete with uh, other states surrounding us, right? And Indiana's average teacher pay is $50,000. Um, in Illinois, it's like $55,000. isn't going to compete. Like, yeah, it's it's really interesting because number one, man, when he said that in that state of the union or state of the state of the state, I about puked, man. I mean, like I got physically ill because for two years when the two years ago when the gas tax debate was going on, we we, we had no money yeah. available. Yeah, the, the, we you absolutely can't touch these reserves because the case we were trying to make is look, if it's about finding the money, look, I, I'll volunteer my time. Give me a week. I mean, I've already found sixty million in this project. I'm looking working on on waste and government. And so if it's about finding the money, we'll find it. But in the meantime, don't give INDOT a blank check. Man, I used to work with those dudes all the time when I was in local government. They're like the mafia, man. Like that's like, Those are like soprano guys. They're robber barons. Man, they come into communities and they tell you what, how you're going to do your project. I mean, they, they've probably been in Brownsburg you know, once in their entire life, but they'd yeah. look at a map and go, this is where we're putting this road. That's how we wound up with asphalt sidewalks. <laughs> I mean, and I remember uh, sitting in a meeting with them one time. You and, will like those asphalt sidewalks. You keep your mouth that's shut. That's a path, not a sidewalk. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, these dudes are sitting there at a table, and you're trying to talk to them about one thing. Like, we're here to meet with you about this. This is your experience as a town yes, councilman. Yes, and, and, and you're in a room with these guys, and they're like wanting to talk about, about a cul-de-sac somewhere. Well, that's nice. You want to talk about this life-altering project for your 30,000 residents, but we'd like to talk about this cul-de-sac over here, or this place we'd like to cul-de-sac off. They they are the last people you should give a blank check for a billion dollars to. Maybe FSSA, maybe DCS. I, I don't know. But but the point is, we shouldn't give them a blank check. So our argument was, okay, let's split the difference. They say they need a billion. Let's give them $500 million. Let's have an itemized list of what they do with the money, and then we can judge it, right? We'll, we'll see how they do. We've got $2 billion sitting in here. We all know you spend up to the $2 billion just so you don't have to give the money back. So let's take $500 million, Let's give it to them. Let's see how they do with it, and then we'll judge. If they do a great job, if the roads are paved in gold, then we'll, we'll talk tax increases. So the, yeah. the, the issue that the legislature and the governor had with that was long-term sustainable funding versus, hey, we're going to pull something out for short-term because you're making a long-term you mean what commitment. they said the issue was right. or the real issue? A long-term commitment to yeah. spending versus, what they said the issue was. versus, hey, we're going to pull this out today. Because that could fix a problem for a year. Sure. And they did that Band-Aid for a couple of years. Where, oh, sure. we're going to throw $200 million at, a, at that stuff this, you know, in 2016 right. or 2015. But hey, but, hey, look, I thought we were the state that works, right? I thought people are flooding across the border to the state of Indiana. I thought, like, like Illinois, like they were just literally pouring over. Like, we're going to have to build a wall to keep <laughs> Illinois out. So, so in this budget... 
They throw $300 million of new money at DCS. The issue was never about roads. It was about creating a revenue source to deal with this Medicaid expansion they'll never get out of because they lied to everybody when so, they did HIP 2.0. So you were convinced that they needed a tax increase to fill a budgetary hole that they saw coming two, three, four years yeah. out. Yeah. And you think that, that that's the problem. Sure. Why does the tax increase go up every single year? And you had you Brent no Hirschman on two weeks ago, three and weeks I like, ago. Hirschman's another guy. I like him. Former, not, sen- former senator, now lobbyist. He was nice. He almost got in the FCC, and I, I told him, I said, I'm really glad you didn't get that FCC committee ship. I might be off the air right now. No, Hirschman's a nice guy. He's wrong, but he's a nice guy. So he came on. He was a former state senator, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he came on and basically said, Rob, you're wrong. We, 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 we had to do this. But we can't prevent future uh-huh. legislatures uh-huh. from taking this money because the only thing that can bind a future legislature is a constitutional sure. amendment. Sure, which he loves the constitutional amendments, the you know the the all the the hunt and fish constitutional amendment, all that stuff. He's all on board for that. But heaven forbid we have a constitutional amendment to protect the taxpayers. So on one hand, two years ago when we're just saying, hey, look, man, a sing- for a single mom, I get if you're a legislator who your part time job you make seventy grand a year. I get, I get that. If you're David Long, you're the you're the lawyer for Pizza Hut, and your part time job pays you seventy grand. Yeah, what is two hundred bucks? I'll never forget this. I was at a meeting one time, and I'm not going to name the guy's name, but he's a nice dude, but he's a very wealthy lawmaker. Rob, I want or not Rob uh, Chase. Just give me a name. What's up? We're going to name the guy. Just pick a lawmaker. Yeah, just pick a lawmaker. <clears throat> Mike Pence. Okay. No. <laughs> Mike right. Pence is not wealthy. <laughs> we'll say uh, David Young. Okay, all right. Well, sure. we'll not him, him, but we'll just put that in there. <laughs> and this guy's sitting there, and, and we're talking about the gas tax, and it's a room full of people. Jerry Tor. I think Jerry Tor's watching. We'll make it. Rand Paul. Jerry Tor. <laughs> <laughs> There's another guy that it's like, get a job, man. Why do you have to be in the state house forever? Mike Speedy. Uh, Nancy not Pelosi. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who the guy's name is because I've been mean enough to him over the years, but but because it was a genuine response. Where you're ta- we're talking about the gas tax, and he goes, well, it's only 200 to $250 a year. And you realize, this guy's an attorney, you realize, to you, Mr. Attorney, who's probably making a half million dollars a year before your part-time state legislator job that pays you 60 to 70 grand, $200 is nothing. So why wouldn't you? I used to see this on town town council all the time. And it's it's 200 to $250 more a year. For the state, right? Not not including the amount of times that they are they have pushed the buck onto the counties, right. To raise the county's low it, taxes, low it or and they go, it's only going to be like a hundred dollars. So, but then you, but realize, then they want to make a big deal. Teachers are going to get a thousand dollars. Yeah, well, the, but you genuinely realize at that moment you're dealing with a bunch of elitists who, to him, well, it's only two hundred bucks. He has no idea what it's like to be a single mother and know that that two hundred dollars difference is the rent or the heat bill or. Or whatever, so you're not dealing with people who see things the same way because their life experiences is yep. different. Chris Guffey, exactly can you tell right. us what it's like to be a single mother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a single mother to a cat. Um, He's so pretty, pretty needy. We have we have another shortcoming here from the governor. Uh, last year, whenever we did a rundown of the state of the state address that he did, uh, we pointed out that his big promise was bringing jobs to the state. Mm-hmm. Right? He said that he was going to he was going to set a goal right now for thirty five thousand new job That's commitments. Lofty. Yeah, and we we gave credit to the governor at that time. We're like, he's setting out goals that have actual numbers. Yeah, you know, like measurable. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty hefty thing to do, and uh, we've only had thirty one thousand, and I'm pretty sure. 
I'm pretty sure that twenty nine nine hundred and ninety nine <laughs> came from whenever Mayor Greg York and uh, Corey Murphy from the Economic Development Corporation in Newcastle went down there to uh, Japan. Yeah. And- well, uh, look, jobs are easy, right? I mean, this is why with this hate crimes thing, where he tries to talk about, oh, people aren't choosing us because because we 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 don't have a hate crimes law. Like we're to believe That's so weird that Amazon, that Amazon didn't choose Indiana because like Bezos looks at everything and goes, well, it's really great here, but you don't have a hate crimes law, so sorry. Yeah, he's like Indy, hmm. check, check, <laughs> check. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Bezos chose New York for the multi-billion-dollar tax breaks, economic payouts, and a helicopter pad. I, th- I thought so that it, he like, chose New York because you can murder your baby right before it's born. <laughs> well, I, mean, I thought his girlfriend just liked New York better. His girlfriend so they, probably they, does. They, they picked New York and uh, and and DC or uh, suburban DC. If Governor Rob is there and you get a proposal or a request for proposal for somebody like Amazon, mm-hmm. just exactly how much of the state are you willing to sell out to uh, to drag somebody like that in? Well, that's the answer, right? It's not, and this is what I learned in local government because we had uh, look when I took over in Brownsburg, we were tumbleweed town. We were stagnant growth. We made huge mistakes in the early two thousands. And by the time I left, we were the third fastest growing municipality in the state. We had more than $300 million of private investment during that time. The average home price rose by $65,000 because we cut taxes across the board. I didn't pick winners and losers. We cut property taxes by almost 19%. That's how you do it, right? You get rid of the income tax immediately. That's the first thing we got to do. We got to get rid of the income tax. We got to stop punishing people. For doing well, but we have a state government right now that's saying, "Hey, every local county government you have, you need to raise your income right. taxes to pay for a new jail." Right? Absolutely. There are ninety counties in Indiana that say that they need to pay for a new jail because of the policy of the state of Indiana, and the only tool they've given them is said you can raise your income tax. Well, the first thing we're going to do, like I said, the first, the number one thing you could do to spark growth in Indiana is not giveaways to companies. The local governments have the ability to do that through tax abatements or economic development incentives. And that's a, that's a Carmel decision. That's a Brownsburg decision. That's a Greenfield. That's a, that's a Newcastle decision. That's a decision for those residents. We shouldn't be giving away money. We should make it a fair playing field. It's like when they came out and said, well, we're going to exempt military pensions, income tax and military pensions. Okay, I love the military, but let's exempt everyone's. Why are yeah. we bad people because we work in the private sector? Where's my giveaway? And I don't want to give away. I want everybody to be rich. I want everybody to be, be wealthy. I want everybody to have a tax abatement. Yeah, I want Jeff Bezos to actually move here because he's not paying income taxes. So I don't think we should be in the business of picking winners and winners and losers. We should create, like we did in Brownsburg, an, an economic playing field in which everybody wants to be here because it's fair and prosperous for so everyone. Basically, didn't Brownsburg we don't just pick- win because of geography? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're a- so close to the airport in 465. Come on, Rob, admit it. Yeah, it was uh, that was it, man. Did you mean, just get lucky being born in Brownsburg with it, that silver spoon or it, that bronze spoon? You know, my favorite thing they call me on the <laughs> radio is Brownsburg's favorite son. You know, I mean, there's nothing better than being called Brownsburg's <laughs> it's, favorite son. It's that Brownsburg privilege. Government, government is not hard when you break it down, right? It's a math equation. It's money in versus money out. And the more money you give people, the more people are going to want to be wherever and the more they'll spend. And it's time we stop punishing wealth and prosperity and people doing well. And and the number one thing I think we could do in this state to benefit everyone is get rid of the income tax. Make prosperous, wealthy people want to be here. They'll set up their businesses here. And then, you know, things like abatements become local decisions for, for those communities. But let's make it fair for everyone. Let's let everyone benefit. That all sounds really good, but how do you feel about the wind farms? <laughs> <laughs> so that is the 
the meltdown issue. For our <laughs> yes, I'm aware, right? I, and, and I, I'm sure that they are for other, you know, Tipton County, Howard County. How many uh, times you get asked that when you were knocking on doors for, <laughs> for council? Sadly, I didn't. It, sadly, the people at the doors didn't care as much. They asked me about Trump. Right? I got <laughs> I got asked about national issues when I knock on doors. But when I talk to people at the county courthouse and at, at functions among the politically active people, when the wind issue was radioactive to anybody that was an incumbent or right. viewed as an incumbent, I, I've uh, always viewed and, it, and that's a big issue for people in yeah. in rural Indiana right now. I, I've always viewed it that it's your property as long as you're not harming someone else. Do as you please. But again, this picking winners and losers stuff fundamentally does not work. It, it does not work. It's subsidizing behavior and if you're not harming me it comes back to that whole medical marijuana thing like what what do i care it's sports betting the same way if you want to go to a casino and bet on sports go for it yeah. I, I don't i don't i don't care if you want to why buy is that it. even an issue <laughs> there's so many things that are issues that that don't need to be issues and and being able to bring that argument to the forefront i think this income tax thing would really resonate with people much like uh, you know inventory tax with daniels and and things of that nature because people see look we want a balanced playing field we want a government that works for everyone not just the wealthy not just the donor class not just the lobbies we want a government that works for everyone so your goal is to not not to attack property taxes but it's income taxes that's that's your the one that you're most concerned about i think I, you know, I took poll. I do. I'm doing polling. I don't have the big money for polling. I don't have the uh, twenty thousand dollar money. I'm doing the Facebook polling right now, and it seemed like most people were more into this idea of having income taxes removed, which is the Florida and Tennessee model, right? Exactly. Because one thing you're up against, and it's amazing the people I talk to, and you have to explain this to them. There's a lot of people who rent. You'd ask them the question. And you'd say, would you rather have the property tax repealed or the income tax? Well, property uh, income tax, because I don't pay property tax. And then you'd say, yeah, you do. But trying to make that argument to people, income tax is really simple. It's, like, you, yeah. It's visible. Yeah, it, it, it you is. You can see it coming off your check. The it, property tax, if you rent, you have no clue that you're playing, paying twice the property tax and, if you own your house. And the difference is, when people ask me how I'm going to pay for stuff, i got no problem talking about things that I'll, that I'll cut. And I'm going to do a whole Where'd Your Money Go video next week on things that are in our Indiana budget. Uh I think I think I can easily find the five hundred sixty million. Two things I do, and I will tell you absolutely, I would not sign a budget that doesn't do this. Now, again, they could override a veto. I would not sign a budget that does not repeal the gas tax, and I would not sign a budget that doesn't repeal the income tax immediately. And if they want to override the veto and they want to be on that side, then that's on them. So Mike Broyles is in our chat. He's watching live, and he's the hi, Mike. Uh, he's on the uh, redevelopment commission for Henry, for, uh, for our area for our county. And he wants to know in Brownsburg, how did you replace that money in the budget? Because obviously, all dollars belong to the county before they belong to the individual. So, how did you replace the the tax cuts? You, well, you cut taxes, so you, you you did with less. How did you replace that? Well, what we didn't did you do, do with less. It spurred growth. It spurred immense growth. I mean, the investment in the community grew by three hundred million dollars. Much of it was commercial, so it created new property it created, revenue. Yeah, and and we were very. I'm glad he's on the redevelopment commission. Those are the unsung. Those are the park board guys. Those park those park board guys are are great too, but. Redevelopment commissions are unsung heroes. We very effectively used our tax increment finance district. Not like Jim Brainerd and Carmel. We didn't build reflective pools or palladiums. We used it to build infrastructure. The Ronald Reagan, we did the uh, the overhaul of downtown Brownsburg with it. What was 267, now Green Street. We used it very effectively. It's not Rob Kendall Avenue? Man, what I, the hell's wrong with your town? God, I would love that. That'd be great. <laughs> Two things I want to do before I die. I have a street named after me in Winnesagamore. So, you know, well, if you just make, <laughs> if you stay in good graces with the, with the state party, I'm sure at some point some future governor will give you the Sagamore. Won't be Holcomb, but maybe someday. You know, I, 
so we we used the tax increment finance district to create infrastructure, which created new revenue. And one of the cool things, because tax increment finance districts get such a bad rap because most of our dummy legislators don't understand how it works, is we had a whole bunch of economic development that came from a road built by a TIF because we expanded our TIF through the right-of-way. The growth wasn't in the TIF. So all that growth, hundreds of millions of dollars of economic commercial growth, went to all the entities, but we used the TIF money to build that road that created the growth and put the water lines and the sewer lines, et cetera, in there. So you got to be creative. This is not, this is not rocket science. It's reading. You know it. You go through it. You, you know, you've had to go through meeting minutes and dealing with, with public policy. You just got to, you got to put your time in. You got to work. You got to read. You got to so, understand. So Rob, um, being a political pundit for the state of Indiana. Is that what I am? Yeah. That's I'm, a nice thing I called. Pays the bills. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we the state of the state address has marked that time in the legislative session where bills are being sent to committees. They're dying, being voted on, have been voted on. Um, I want to know what some bills are that have really piqued your interest this year. Well, first of all, I think the state of the state, um, I hate the fact that it's very hard to get into the state of the state. Because that's that's it becomes an address for the lawmakers, and it's really an address for the people. It's the state of our state, so I'd certainly move to move the state of the state. If I were the governor, I'd put it somewhere where the public could get in. I mean, you can't get a ticket to the state of the state, Lucas right? Oil State. I, right I don't there. know if we could get that many people in there. <laughs> By the way, you guys would all be up in the big box. You guys would all be yes. sitting up there in the, the yes. box, and I'd point to the, the boss hog listen, of liberty. Listen, listen someday with free Rob- beers, free beers that are paid for. Out of uh, out of uh, the gas tax, <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be cold, and we'd buy them in a BP yeah, for listen, the event. Listen, my day job, man, that gas tax. I can't complain. I'm an insider. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The, so 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 that's be, would be the first thing I'd do about state of the state is I'd put it somewhere where the people could come because it's for the people. It's not for the lawmakers. So I'd I'd do that. There's going to be some interesting things coming down the line. I think it's going to be next year. I don't think it's going to be this year because we're not going to get medical marijuana, and he's going to pay the price for that. He's going to pay a big price for that. He is. He, so there, David uh, David Phipps, Phipps yeah. and the uh, the normal crowd yeah. have been very optimistic that they were going to get something this year, and they've been supportive and hoping to negotiate with the governor. But and he, he treated said, like crap. But he has said it is not happening, and at this point, now they're mad and yeah. they're going to get active. You know, and, 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 and did... Phipps is a good close personal friend, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, Phipps is the guy that would actually go knock on doors in 92 counties. I mean, just... I, and it, the governor even went so far as to say it's not even something I'm willing to consider. Yeah, that's it's so bad when people are dying. Wait, people how, do I, I, how I, arrogant! I am. How shocked. arrogant is that? I am shocked at the the power that the legislature seizes to the governor's office. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what the governor says. Yeah. It, you, it's a 50, 50, 51 yep. votes yep. In, the, in the, in the general assembly and 26 in the set in the house, yep. 20 51 in the, in the house and 26 in the Senate rather. Yep. And, and it passes twice. You override a governor's veto. I, it doesn't I, matter. Yeah. It's really weird how the, you know, it's, it's tribalism, right? I mean, we're not going to go against our guy, but, but he's wrong. Well, right? the governor appoints the state chairman and they're afraid of a primary. <laughs> so, so the Bob Cherries and the Tom Saunders yep. and the, and, and the, you know, the, the rest of the, the general assembly, the Randy Fries, those guys, 
the, the Jim Lucases, they have a state chairman that can that can encourage somebody else to run against them, and then it's fear. And this is what I've told some people who have asked. I said, if I did this, and that's still a huge, giant, all capital letters, if. I don't want to. You filed no exploratory. No, committee. There's no, 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 nothing no, no. open. No, 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 no. <laughs> there's nowhere to contribute to no, Rob No, there is, there is no exploratory committee. There's there's no nothing. I'm just listening to people, and I'm, I'm willing to, if you, to hear If them. you send a check to 1102 Ray Street. <laughs> yeah, if you just give it to Boss Hog of Liberty and, and note it. <laughs> note that it was this interview today. Uh the libertarians, one of the things I've told some people is, look, the libertarians are going to have to step up because this will be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity because we will press and we will press every day and we will work hard and we will, we will hit the doors the way the Republicans and Democrats do. We will have the media exposure. You know, when I beat the referendum in Brownsburg, we got out spent $100,000 to 3000 when you factored in the public money they used pretty much illegally and the and the pack money <laughs> to do that. We got to spend out $100,000 to 3,000. They had 900 school employees, we had 10 of us. We beat them. We won. We did it through the, hard the work. The local schools wanted to raise taxes right. to pay for and, and so a football field or a school building what they want. What well, they the, they said it was uh, kids, w- kids were going to die in the hallways of an active shooter <laughs> and uh, but we beat them, right? Because it was just we're going to go hit all these doors and we're going to talk to everybody and it doesn't matter how much money you have. We're going to get our signs out. We're going to get signs in yards. And the Libertarian Party would have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where I believe we could build this party for, gener- for a generation to start getting competitive in these state Senate races, in these state House races, in these congressional races, in these city council races, in these mayoral races, to where we have a viable third party. The Libertarians should make the Democrats obsolete as bad as the Democrats are because the Libertarians agree with Democrats on a whole bunch of social issues. So somebody in the chat, we'll, we'll wrap this, uh, this segment up with this question. Who's your campaign dream team? You've been meeting with all these libertarians. What do you, what do you need to have? What, 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 what pieces have to fall in place? What people have to be on board with you for this to work? You, you know, you to decide you're doing this. Well, obviously, the Boss Hog of Liberty team would be right up there at the at the top. We got Henry County covered for you, man. <laughs> Perfect. We're good. <laughs> We're there. I think I can do Hendrix. You guys do Henry. We'll be fine. We'll figure out the rest of it. 90 to go. It's going to be, and this will be a new thing for me. Could I figure out how to raise a million dollars? Could I figure out really, realistically how to do that? Because you, you gotta, you've got to anticipate that you're not going to ever fundraise what you think you're going to fundraise. So could I realistically raise a million dollars? Because that gets you on TV. That enables you to do mailers. That gets signs in all the yards. And it's going to be everyone. It's not an individual that would make a difference. It's going to be every libertarian deciding we're going to be the little engine that could. We're going to shock the world. And we're going to unite around a cause, not around me if I do it. You know, whoever it is this next time has got to step up and do it. Whether it's, you know, Mark Rutherford or whoever ends up running on the libertarian side has got to step up and do this because the Republicans are, are now out of control. So it's going to be do we unite? We as a collective party in all 92 counties across the fruited plain. I've got some views that are a little unorthodox for the for the Libertarian Party. We can't have infighting. You We're know, not like, allowed to have anybody that have you, has a MAGA hat. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you come out against the wall yet? Because Libertarians are generally for open borders and freedom. Look, and this is what I told somebody the other day. You've got a, you've got a little bit of a mega problem. There's 150,000 people who voted for Donald Trump who didn't vote for Eric Holcomb. Those people should all be our clients. We got to find those people and we got to talk to them. Now, it doesn't mean that you got to come out and endorse Trump 
for president, but it also doesn't mean you can't be out spewing venom when the majority of the people in this state voted for the guy. Let's find areas we agree and we can talk about those. There's areas we disagree. Look, I disagree with Trump on the spending. I think the spending's ridiculous and still totally out of control. I'm not sure he's handling the shutdown the right way. If I were Trump, I'd have declared the national emergency, said the Mayflower's headed to the border like when the Colts moved in in the middle of the night. We're not reopening the government until the wall's built, and that's how we're going to pay for it. But if you built a wall, would it be a regular wall or would it have slots in it? <laughs> it would be whatever is the most economical way to secure the country. The wall. I think the wall. Would you put the idea. DOT in charge of it? Oh uh, no, I would. I would absolutely. <laughs> I would absolutely not. You'd hire David Barton and the wall builders. I'd put you guys in charge of it. Um, what? A, how long do you think the government shutdown is going to last? I hope it goes on indefinitely. I mean, I think people are starting to see. Have you guys been affected at all? I've got a. I've got a cousin in the Coast Guard that's pretty. Okay. Pretty upset. Okay. But he's, not, he's not getting his check. And, 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 and those people, it's not fair to make deals with people and not pay them, right? But I work in radio, and I've been blown out of radio stations all the time for all sorts of reasons. Some my fault, some not. Snoop Dogg never made a video for me. Uh, Nancy Pelosi never cried in the, on the House floor for me. That is, a, that is a fact of life, and government workers in the federal level should not be exempt from market forces. If you really care about this and you're a federal government worker, I feel for you, call Nancy Pelosi. Call Chuck Schumer. This is not Donald Trump's fault. We're talking about $5.7 billion of a country that regularly not only spends all of its money, but $1.3 trillion more? Suddenly the Democrats are very concerned about wasteful spending? Really? We're, guys, we're talking about 115 miles of repairing existing wall. So that's things these two goobers have already voted for. Well, it's yeah, just- that, that was – you just hit on the detail that I like to bring up the most – this is not building new sections of wall. Yeah. It's repairing existing yeah. fencing that was already voted yes. on yes. whenever there was a Democrat in the White House. Is building a wall all the way across the southern border realistic or practical? Probably not. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. We're locking them out. <laughs> but there are but there are we are naive to pretend that we don't have a problem and that there are really bad people that are getting into this country that are that are doing immense danger. So why don't we work together to find ways to secure the areas that do need to be secured? Some areas can be done with foot patrol and with drones and things like that. Okay, fine. But we're insulting people by acting like, oh, yeah, we're for border for security, but a wall can't be any part of it. Come right. on. A yeah. wall doesn't have to be the whole part. It's not the, it's not the whole answer. Be honest with yourself. You know? Like, yeah. if, you, if you are fine with having open sections of the border... Say you're fine with having open sections of the border. Like, well, why why are you playing this weird game with yourselves? And that that'll, right. that'll, and that'll real quick that'll become the issue in the Democrat debates. I think this year for president or next year will be: Do you believe in a border? Do you believe in a country anymore? Yeah. And, and, and there been the a, Democrat debates are going to be really interesting. Uh, we should do watch to alongs. see. Yeah, <laughs> especially we'll host watch parties, uh, especially to see because there's going to be like twenty of them. And they're all just going to eat each other alive yeah. and it's before how, they even get to the debate stage with Donald Trump. It's how liberal can you go? And the problem for the Democrats is you've got these people green behind the ears like Beto and Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, who these dudes like Biden and Bernie Sanders have one foot in the grave and another foot on a banana peel. Yep. This is it for them. They're not, they're, they will die before they let these young people take it out for them, and they're going to get super nasty. They're going to they're gonna tear these, these novices apart. I, wanna I hear, can't wait. I want to hear some nicknames. <laughs> it's so early. It's yes, so early. I, I, these, they're all announcing. In the yeah. last month, we've had, uh, hell, there's probably eight, eight Democrats running already. It's sick, right? Yeah, it's crazy. It's Even surreal. an Indiana native. 
Uh, all right, so Pete. let's let's Pete <laughs> Buttigieg. I, I learned how to pronounce. By it the way, week. can you guys think of a more unqualified person than Pete Buttigieg? Listen, man, Chase Payton. <laughs> Chase isn't old enough yet. But I well, am honestly, the wall. Though, Pete did honestly, a though, fly with Zuckerberg himself. So when he says something wrong and he gets zucked, I you know I, I don't know how he's going. to I made this it. argument with somebody yesterday, and most of the time people don't know when I'm kidding or not. But I said, look, Brownsburg far outpassed. Uh, South Bend from 2012 to 2015. So by the Pete Buttigieg standard, Rob Kendall's qualified to run for president. More qualified than him. uh, But you're not going to primary the God Emperor. No, 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 no. I'm I'm hanging out with you guys now. Honestly, though, do you Have you you joined the party yet? Come on. I'm not. I told you. We're still in the the courting phase. We're still dating. (laughs) Nobody's even given me flowers yet. Nobody's swiped right. I need ice cream. I need a trip to the Dairy Queen. I'm going to need some flowers. You know, it's Valentine's Day. It's coming up. Maybe one of those gold-dipped roses or or something might be nice. Do you think Donald Trump is more qualified than Pete Buttigieg? Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, because he he was very successful in the private sector i mean a lot of trump is showmanship but he built stuff he paid people he he made companies he he negotiated across the the world the first but pete 200 industry (laughs) the first 200 years for him his wife's probably hotter too just saying (laughs) trump's Uh, right just saying Uh, that's true though the ultimate trump card whose wife's hotter i don't know if i don't know if do you know? Chase over here knows who Pete is. I, I don't know who he is. Oh, I've heard his name Pete, as much. Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. That's how Buttigieg. you pronounce it. I thought it was He will judge. never have a wife. I thought it was supposed to be pronounced Buddha. He's already judge. married, but it's... Uh, like a U. He's... he's um, he joins the company of... Oh, men. he's he's gay, isn't he's he? The person. <laughs> oh, no. That's... Okay. All right. Well, his wife's definitely hotter. <laughs> yeah. For the, but for the first, you know, 200 years of our country, the way to become president was you joined the military, yeah. you got some education, you became I'm sure in, his husband's fantastic, too, though. You became... <laughs> not not that there's anything wrong with it. Of course not. We, Chase's nickname is... I had to, That's how bad our world is now. I put on Facebook the other day, I put, can any person give me one reason Pete Buttigieg is qualified to be president other than he's gay? And then I had to put in parentheses... Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> we I have, mean, that's the world we live in now. We have Buddha Jidge, Buddha Jedge, and Buddha Judge. Edge Edge. <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll just call him not going to be elected. And I'll be honest, I have no idea. There I know, are I know we have the people, Buddha right. There are a lot of people that run for office, and they want the, their goal when they you know somebody like him. He ran for national chair of the Democrat Party. And it was to get the oh, name ID. Right, he to, and he, he dropped out before the actual vote was taken. So we don't know how he was going to end. But he he got the national Morally. ID. And then this is probably not so that he can seriously be elected president. Yeah. It's not likely. But could he be the undersecretary of labor? Maybe. Can you uh, imagine the actual arrogance? And I say this for all these people that do this. Involved in thinking you're the most qualified person to run America. Isn't it weird? I mean, it's such the a presidency weird thing. is way too strong, Rob. I, I like, mean, it, it shouldn't be who runs America. It should be who's in charge of the tiny little the most, federal government yeah. so, that, so you know, that guys like Rob Kendall can run the yeah, state hey, of Indiana. I'm all for it, man. You I'm know, be, I really think I'd be great at being the most powerful man in the free world. Yeah. I mean, I mean think about... <laughs> I nuke so many people. <laughs> Chase has no political I would, career. And I'd deport this. all of you guys. <laughs> oh, man. That all right. funny. Final final round or final topic here that we had the main the main high level uh, story 
We're waving at producer Chris, who's taking a picture for the internet. God, he's a patron You're saint, isn't he? He is. Going. You have no idea. <laughs> I I don't know what you do for the chicks on the right. Nothing. But I Chris, do the speed round. Chris grabs us <laughs> beer. He takes our picture. He gets here early. He says, do you guys need anything? God, it's amazing. It's, I, I don't know. I, I'm so happy I found him in a park wandering. Like, like I, <laughs> it's like I, a lost child. Like I tell, I tell people this all the time, because as you know, uh, Boss Hog, every time, whether it's We Are Libertarians or the Boss Hog of Liberty, I make a sizable cash donation to, we the, love it. to the podcast, which I'll be doing again this time. But I tell people, these things are so important because you guys are basically, you know, you're giving of your time to be here, right? I mean, it's the best entertainment you'll possibly get. And it's why it's so important for people to support it because look at how the fun you guys are. And having. we appreciate the great ratings you provide us, Rob. That's, that's how I roll, man. It, it, it's a nice uh, wash my back, wash yours. <laughs> All right. So I got published a couple times this week. I did have a minor. I got so excited. We had this story, the Covington Catholic yeah. kids and uh, the protests at the, uh, on, the, on the mall. Uh, they showed up on a school field trip, and they wound up in the news. I got I, I spent the whole weekend watching this story and not understanding because it, it didn't wash, didn't yeah. check out. The narrative that we were given Friday night, Saturday morning, into Sunday morning just did not make sense. Right of these kids picking a fight, and and this, but the media freaked out, and eighty five to ninety percent of the people out there immediately reacted. And I I took my time. And I said this doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. Kept telling Sarah all weekend. We were snowed in. Uh, we had a huge snowstorm that was supposed to hit the Midwest, so everybody's batting down the hatches, and we were just just stuck at home, and I think people were just looking for outrage. So they saw this story, they set a narrative, and they said, this is what it's going to be. And I, it took me all weekend to process it. I finally wrote something, and I sent it off to Spangle, and he put it up on We Are Libertarians, and then I realized they used they're there, and they're wrong. <laughs> so Spangle posted it, and I've caught crap for the thing being posted wrong over there, but I edited it by the time it went up on the uh, Boss Hog page and in the Courier Times locally. Uh, but it basically was an article I wrote saying, we got to take a minute. You were given two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. Before you react to a story, call time out and, and listen and have a conversation with the other side and understand what's going on. So a Catholic kid in a mega hat is in a, in a video or a picture with a, with a Native American it's become this national phenomenon the last weekend, the last four days, I guess, over from last Saturday until now. What do you think's going on? Well, this is your chance for commentary because it's been it's been the national story. It, it's uh, it's fascinating how we all get into our own norms, right? Like whatever our own norms are become the reality, and it's really hard to get outside of our own norms and talk to people that you disagree with and understand their position and. One of the cool things about being an elected office was every second and fourth Thursday of the month for four years, 88 meetings, I, I had, we had the most open, transparent government probably in the state. People could come twice, citizen comments at the beginning and the end. And you pretty much say whatever you wanted. You had three minutes because we've got to be respectful of everybody. But, you, you know, just don't be profane. You can say whatever you want about me. I was called a rapist, a Hitler, or whatever. Uh, but I, I got to learn a lot about people. I got to learn why people are drawn to certain things, why they react certain ways. And learning about people helps you educate them and move them in a certain direction. One of the first things I did in Brownsburg was involving your redevelopment commission listener there. I'll know this. We, we cut the pass through, uh, through the TIF district and school corporation got mad and they sent 50 bus drivers into town hall and convinced them they were all going to be fired. And I was probably three months into the job in this because we were going to build the Ronald Reagan from Avon to Brownsburg, and we needed that money to do that. 
And they the, they were so sneaky and underhanded about it that they had these bus drivers, women, people had been there 40 years, crying at town hall. And, and you realize that these people in their world, this is a reality. Like, it has been convinced to them that this is the reality of what's going to happen. Now, of course, that didn't happen. Nobody lost their job. And every time I see the Brownsburg School Corporation hiring bus driver sign, I snap a picture of it and keep it for the record. But you realize the people on the other side, the left side, they're crazy, but they're being manipulated. Much of it is mind manipulation into thinking, like, what, what has changed? If you're a woman, what has changed under Trump? Like, what, like abortion is, is still legal? Like, women are still doing well in the workplace? Like, what, what, this women's march, what are you marching for? Like, what, 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 what has changed? If you're an African-American, what has changed? If you're a Hispanic-American, what has changed? If you're a legal citizen of this country, what has changed? Nothing has changed, but in these people's minds, we're, we're in a whole lot more debt than we were. Well, we are, life. but I'm saying for the average person, nothing is different. Nothing is is changing for you. We're still we're still dropping bombs on people that we that never did anything. Hey, I'm it, I'm it, all for getting you know I'm all for getting out of Syria. I think that's a tremendous move. But the, the argument uh, on the other side would be that Donald Trump and his rhetoric has made more people who were like cockroaches hiding from the light more brave but what does that mean like basically basically the unite the right rally okay right so you have a bunch of what rhetoric though like what what make america great again listen man i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm just telling you i'm I'm just telling you what i've heard And, and like you said with the make america great again how in the hell did a make america great again slogan and a red hat become become such a divisive issue to where we have celebrities tweeting that it's the white hood of the 21st century. <laughs> People who are paid to give out professional opinions on things are now calling it, now equating it to the KKK. Kanye West wears a MAGA hat. Have you like, been- have you been to Washington lately? It's the it's a tourist item. Yeah, right. So these kids, yeah, these kids are at the end of their vacation, their 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 student trip to yeah. to Washington D.C. They're getting on the bus in twenty minutes. So they just bought a hat from a street vendor. So I, I, I can guarantee you, at seventeen years old, and I'm going to D.C., I'm buying a hat. Yeah, and I'm not going to put it in my backpack. I'm going to put the damn thing on. The hat's and pretty sta- lit off. and I'm standing there. It's, <laughs> it's red. I've you know, had one. A, I've yeah. had one Dark on my red. head. It is dope. I've had one on my lit head ass. one time. It was, in, uh, <laughs> it was at Blackacre, and Rob Rob gave it to me that was, to wear for a picture. Can I? It can exists. I, can I say the big I word? What's that? I'm on the Indian guy's side. Indian? Okay. That they, yeah. that is the so the new PC term for Native American is now Native Indian. Native and okay, well I'm Instead on the Indian guy's American side because they weren't they are not. American. I saw that kid. He had a punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I definitely punch that kid in the face if he was 18. Here's the thing: I, I, everyone else looked at that picture and they thought, "Wow, what a smug little jerk." I thought I looked at that picture and I thought. I've I've made that smile. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, that is the face of the most awkward situation I, I've ever been. I immediately thought, "What is Joey Logano protesting?" That was my that was my first thought. I mean, look, but but so here's where the conversation becomes: those people, that dude, Nathan Phillips, he's an insane radical. Okay, he's invested in, in an outcome for like 35 years. Yeah. He's been doing this. The dudes that started it, the crazy radical Hebrew guys, they're invested in an outcome. 
you're not touching those people. They are crazy lunatics. But the conversation for America is for the rational person in the middle who doesn't identify with a political party. They might consider themselves maybe a moderate Democrat or a moderate Republican or an independent. That's who you're talking to now, right? Like That's how the republic's going to be won and lost. 60% of the country is completely sold one way or, or another. And I feel terrible for these kids because when it was Parkland, oh, you can't criticize David Hogg. Well, but wait, he's an activist and is attacking uh, uh, Dana Lash, which she probably deserves on some level to be attacked. <laughs> but but she's verbally, I meant verbally, uh, she's verbally being, you know. <laughs> well, there went Rob's career. It's all over. <laughs> she's verbally being, a, verbally being attacked by this kid, but you can't criticize him back because he's just a student. Well, these kids weren't criticizing anyone. The Sandman kid is literally sitting there, and they take one snippet of video. And from the beginning of the video, it's like, he's just smirking at the guy. Like, yeah. who cares? It's nervous, it's right? Sick. Yeah, he's yeah. like, what in the world he's like, is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, the story has There's an old dude banging a drum <laughs> in your face. And there's like six feet of room beside you yeah. where he could just walk around. And And... and you remember when Bush ran for the second time, though? And remember Dan Rather made up that story, and he knew it. It came out later. He knew he was making up that story about the National Guard. But the hatred and the investment in the political ideology is so strong. Well, I don't, I don't care because I'm invested in an out, a specific Narrative. outcome. Right. Yeah. So that's where we're at now. You can't trust the media except Rob Kendall. You can't. You can't <laughs> and, all and, and, and Boss Hog of and yeah. Boss Hog of Liberty. You can't believe anything you hear. You have to do the research for yourself. Bongino tweeted something like that the other day about it. The journalism, as we know it, is dead, and we're now our own investigators. So you have to investigate everything. I have I have two things on this uh, that I want to say really quick. And it, number one is that Glenn Beck with the Blaze has got an excellent video describing the timeline of events and narrating the first twenty uh, minutes. Are great. The last happened. two minutes are a bit of a uh, the last two minutes. Get preachy? The, the last two minutes are called arms. Yeah, yeah. The last two minutes are amazing. <laughs> Did they he make... sell you some gold at the end of it? <laughs> is it as no. good as the the Frank Underwood video? The last two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it. know what happened to Glenn Beck. I haven't seen Glenn in like five years, but. Mr. Time caught up to Glenn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he looks better. Well, is he, he still really fat? Be, no, he's no. not really fat. He's because really he looks, got really fat for a while. He, he doesn't looks, have the Coke bottle glasses anymore. But yeah, man, he went gray. But he looks more wise now. Like he looks like a grand, like a, the like archetype a of a grandfather that I could just listen to <laughs> and get advice from. And then at the very end, whenever he says, "Not taking a stand is taking a stand," <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> Freedom. You're cha- you're Down with the lips! <laughs> <laughs> and my second thing <laughs> would be um, <laughs> my second thing would be in a world where Donald Trump is the president and he's doing press briefings and he's looking at the media and he keeps going you are fake news. <laughs> and he keeps yelling at them yeah. and belittling them uh-huh. and berating them. If you are the fake news, why would you try to not be like, wouldn't you try to faker not be news? fake? Yeah, like, faker news. Yeah. Well, like, that, that's, that's the I point. I feel like you should, if you, if you have the president of the United States calling you fake news over and over again, you would be like, we got to make sure that we are not fake news. Yeah. Prove him wrong. And they're like, nah. 
The country is mortally divided. I asked Chris Spangle today for the Sunday show if he thought we were on the verge of a civil war, and he didn't think we were. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting there. I think the hate is so immense. We're divided. Yeah. I don't know if we're ready to pick up arms. I'm not saying tomorrow that they're going to fire the, you know, the fire the first shot, but I, there is immense hate, and I, I really do worry about my president. And, and look, I didn't like Obama, but he won the election, and so I went about my daily life of advocating for good public policy. Yeah. It's a real weird thing that's happened. I think they might be a little bit too lazy for all that. <laughs> and, I mean, Trump certainly does not help it with the no. way that he tweets. And what? the way he talks. Spangle's but been on like, your weekend show like four times. Dakota Davis is at zero invitation. Well, Rob, you're publicly what, invited. What the hell? <laughs> you're publicly invited. Plus, one side doesn't like guns. So I don't know how that would really work this out. Is a, I, I think that we, the most appropriate term would be it's a cold civil war. Yeah. I mean, I mean the anger we're, and We're hate. just doing a lot of talking. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, I feel like, it's, I feel like you're, the, the, the pressure cooker is boiling. And I don't know what it's boiling over. I mean, are you mad about tax reform? Are you that upset about tax? I mean, what what has really happened yeah. in the Trump presidency? I True. think tax reform, some government regulations have been repealed. I've seen, and uh, I don't know what else. You know, why, the thing why, is, I see a lot. I, I'm of, happy with tax reform, but wasn't there supposed to be some some spending cuts along the way? Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I agree with you wholeheartedly, which is why we got to start getting some libertarians elected to the United States Congress. Yeah, because the Republicans you know, are going to do it. One of the biggest problems is. There legitimately is a lot of fake news. Yeah, like, sure there is. There's just so much of it. You got you got to do your homework every single day, and that's yeah. why people don't because it's hard. All right, we need to start wrapping this up. We promised two things to our listeners tonight, other than Rob and the uh, the statewide issues. Rob, uh, this is Chase over here. He's, yeah, he doesn't say much. Nice yeah. to meet you, Rob. He's, uh, he's we've been, he's, we've engaged on the net before. I don't I don't know politics good. Chase <laughs> <laughs> Chase is generally on the sports desk. Yeah, and, man, so, it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> so we're gonna get together. We're gonna have um, Super Bowl Sunday. I, I have two things. I have a story to tell, and I have the Super Bowl prediction. So you're sp- hunting in sports with Chase? Yes, you're the resident hunter. All right, we'll do sports first. All right. Patriots, Rams. Who you got, Jer? Oh, please tell me the Rams win. Patriots. For the love of God, give me the Rams. <laughs> Patriots. You got the Patriots, yeah. Dakota? Easy. What about you, Rob? I would take the Patriots. What about you, uh, young Chris? Oh, man. It's Patriots all the way, man. This will be five rings. Five rings. Catching one, up. They're catching one for up each finger. The Saints. All I'm saying is one more. The Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> catching up with the Saints. Okay, Jer, I have what? a question have to six. ask you. What? I have a question. You're drunk. <laughs> I have you, six. As a Colts fan, how many do they have? The Saints have one. (laughs) What are you talking about? The Steelers and Niners have a bunch. Oh, I'm thinking of the Steelers. (laughs) Yeah. Close enough. Steelers have six. Yeah. I have a question for you, Garrett. As a Colts fan, I know you never want to see the Patriots win. But in the back of your mind, you have to think, man, if if Tom Brady gets this win, does he retire? Don't you want to see him retire? He's a cheater. It's got to go. Prove it. He's an old. He's still. Old he's cheater. still the goat. He's Prove still it. the best of Prove all it, Jeremiah. time. He's the goat who throws four yards at a time and has has Wes Welker run for touchdowns. Well, then everyone should. Nobody knew who everyone was before Gronkowski. he got there. If that's true, then everyone should throw four yards at a time because it wins you championships. Yeah, gives you five rings. Five. One for each finger. <laughs> 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 all right. So I picked the Patriots. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was almost hundred percent right on my. Uh, Super Bowl predictions. I was fifty percent. I got screwed over by the. <laughs> I was screwed over by the refs. Uh, the Saints got screwed over. That was bad. So, 
I, I'd feel bad for him, but my team missed a field goal to win it. Give so. me Goff and the Rams. I'll take the Rams. Uh, not going to happen. Give me the Rams. Not going to happen. So I, I, finally, love Lo- uh, I love the Los Angeles, St. Louis, Los Angeles Rams. I finally beat the streak. Of Cleveland. I, I ended the streak of not killing a deer. You, finally. You hadn't killed one since you were a teenager. I finally killed a deer. With a gun whoa, whoa, whoa. or an automobile? Did you, did you have a permit for this deer that you took? You harvested? <laughs> I did not. This was, with I, the, uh, this was with a weapon? It was killed it with was, a gun. Well, sort of. It can be used as a weapon. Now, it was killed with a gun, instance. right? <laughs> what? Found? No, I kind of killed a deer. Found, okay. <laughs> Found on road I, uh, dead. Ford. I went to see the movie Glass last uh, this Tuesday. Tuesday. Was it good? I texted you. My so my my wife was busy yes. doing yoga did, or something. And Jeremiah... I said, "Hey, buddy, you want to hang out with me on Tuesday night?" He says, "No, no, I've got to take Ch- to Katie to a movie." I promised her to, to take her to the movie Glass. We had previous. We watched the movie Split last year. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then we heard it was a sequel of Split and uh, Unbreakable. We had never seen Unbreakable. So we watched it Sunday. It was good, too. So we were like, all right, we got to go see uh, the Glass movie. So we went to see it. It was all right. It wasn't what I expected. Where'd you go? Oh, really? Uh, Muncie. So we don't have a movie theater in Newcastle there? right now. Patricia was there. I, I <laughs> love that guy, dude. <laughs> he's, so, he's such a good When actor. he does a little kid, man, it's so funny. <sighs> anyway. But it was it was a decent movie, and then uh, I dropped uh, I dropped the old girl old ball and chain off, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I started on my way home. And I always take the back row because I don't like stopping all, on all the stoplights on Broad Street. And I've seen deer on this road a couple times, one hundred three, you know, and but I've never because I've never it's public hunting ground <laughs> <laughs> surrounded. You're in the yeah. overripe fishing. I've never area. came close to hitting one though. I've never came close to hitting one. And, and I see this deer out of the corner of my eye on my right side, and it's right on the side of the road. Well, it's off on the woods on the side of the road, facing the road. I'm like, oh, no. So I'm going like 60 miles, and I start to slow down. I'm probably, at, I don't know, 45 miles now, and it turns around to go into the woods. I'm like, all right, I'm in the clear. So I speed up, and as soon as I speed up, it runs right out in front of me. I nail this thing. And I, I sort of killed it. <laughs> Did your car survive? My car, I drove it here. It, uh, you're, I think, a, you're like Joe Diffie. You're a pickup man. Yes, I, I drive a Ford F-150. <clears throat> uh, Ford guy, not really. I, I drive anything. You, If someone wants to buy me a different truck, I'll drive it. What, did you kill it? I uh, Yeah, sort of. <laughs> so, uh, sort of. Did you get out and have to strangle it? It didn't kill my car. <laughs> it just busted the grill up so far. I don't know if something else has happened to it, but it's been driving fine. Hopefully, there's no leaks. So as I far as one, I know, it's been two years ago now, January 2017, on 40, <laughs> heading to Cascade High School, and it caved in everything and it smashed oh. the radiator. My father-in-law, Jim. By the way, hello to my wife Haley, lovely wife Haley. Yeah, she's at been home. watching. She and said that a car is your weapon of choice. <laughs> 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 and, and he put it like he put the car back together like it's like now you have in. A, you have a very nice white import that's pretty cool y- yeah I, I a lexus but it, it was had so many miles on it that it wasn't worth having like other than the state mandated insurance like it was only <laughs> worth like three or four thousand dollars so i didn't have the for, you know, for insur- white trash rates you can get online <laughs> <laughs> but my father-in-law he was super talented like he put this car back together i mean it's still caved in on the side but it, it runs great for two years now Two years. It's incredible. So your car can. You have hope. I I do have hope. I think it's just the grill. 
So I'm just I'm gonna try to do it on my own. I might use insurance if there what, is a leak what in the that radiator means or is something. That he's just gonna keep driving it until yeah. something happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until I hit another deer. <laughs> <laughs> There's no grill there to protect the. So it's true. I'm so what happens? Did you get to keep the meat? Did you have you just so, been a week butchering a deer? I hit it, and I probably hit in the is best that, spot. Is that it up on the wall up there? <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, it didn't even bust that's, one of my, that's my head. That's a Facebook poll. That's Mac I hit it thing. right in the middle. It did like two flips, and I'm like, oh, this thing's dead. It, it lands in the other lane, and then I just I, I immediately stopped, and I looked to my left, and this thing's just staring back at me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, it's not dead. So you and backed it, back over it. Yeah, I wanted it to just slam this thing. <laughs> and then, it, you know, I felt bad for it. You know, I can't kill it. You know, well, I, of course I, not. You haven't killed something in twenty years. I wanted to take yeah. my gun and just start shooting. You know, it'd <laughs> probably like, take me six shots to chase, hit it. Chase over here. I can't kill it. I just <laughs> need to let it sit there and suffer for the rest of its life. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to shoot it, so I called the cops. They came. They shot it. I did get the meat. I uh, oh, the cool. guy was like, "Hey, man." You want to throw this thing in the back of your truck? I was like, heck yes, I do. <laughs> I was like, I didn't get to kill one this year anyway, so <laughs> it works out. So the cop came and sh- like shot it? He legit, like, I-, I reported it. They came. They were like, hey, everything okay? Yeah, how's your truck? They, you know, they wrote everything down. They were like, oh, we don't want this thing to suffer. Bang, bang. <laughs> right on the side of the road in front of two cars coming the other direction. <laughs> I just like to imagine there was a little kid in the car just going, ah! but uh, he just shot a man execution. I'm just, style. I'm just glad it didn't have to suffer anymore because it kept trying to get up. But I'm pretty sure I broke its spine or something. Oh it was, it was I felt so bad this for is, it. This is worse than Jeremiah's horse picture. Yeah, it was bad. Did, I, your, air, did your airbag deploy or anything? No, I mean, literally, <laughs> I think I hit it in the perfect spot because it just. I had like perfect the plastic grill, chase, yeah. oh. and it the just kind of sat there for an shattered hour to wait my grill <laughs> and flipped this thing. And like my headlights were fine, everything else seems to be fine. I, I was scared my radiator was leaking, but and I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure on well, that. Well, it's been cold outside, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, so. So, what officer came out? Was the Henry County Sheriff's Department? Or it was the Henry County Sheriff's Department. I have his name on a list. On a little paper, but I don't remember what it was. He, they were really nice. It's not a friend way. of mine. I, uh, I tried guy? to drive my car home after I did mine, and it caught on fire. <laughs> I was so nervous. I was so nervous driving home. I just went straight home. Like, like my wife and my brother-in-law came to, to get me because I had to go to the basketball game. I'm like, I'm two miles from the game. I might as well get paid. So I went. All the fluid leaked out in the car. It's like, oh, it'll be fine. I'll drive it home. Got halfway, you know, half a mile up the road. The heat light comes on, and then I pulled over to the side, and the Thing caught on fire. <laughs> so my brother-in-law was like dipping water at, it at, the, at the BP where they came to get me. So consider yourself lucky. That's oh good. For God. the people who are pissed at me because I killed a deer, which <laughs> I'm not upset over it at all because I, I like killing deer. Eric Holcomb said you could drive a truck. It's his fault. I did try to kill the deer. You drove it right through deer hunting. Right? It just wanted to, to commit suicide because I gave it every chance to run the other direction. And if it makes you feel yeah, better... Yeah, you even slowed down to 45. I did. <laughs> the speed limit. It was a 55. It was in a 55. <laughs> but hey, listen. I, I gutted it the next morning. I have it the, at the meat processing place. You know, I'm going to eat it. It's not going to be wasted. Did they give you a tag? It? Well, I hit it at like 1130 at night. And it was so, raining really hard. Was it really cold? It, yeah, it was like uh, 30... Like 30s or 35, something like that. But I threw ice on it immediately. Oh, okay. I went and okay, got yeah. ice. Wednesday threw a morning, a bunch of ice over it. Wednesday morning, I woke up to our group chat, and it's it's <laughs> Chase 
declaring, hey guys, <laughs> I finally killed a deer. <laughs> he didn't tell us that the sheriffs killed yeah. a deer. Right. We found that well, out. Well, technically, that deer would still be alive if it wasn't for me. We found we found <laughs> oh. that out uh, before the show, and I informed Chase. I was like, just for the record, I would never would have told us. <laughs> <laughs> well... The bad thing I is, want to know the officer's name so we can get the real hero who there actually are a shot couple, the deer There are a couple officers there. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, a sheriff's department, uh, a sheriff's deputy showed did they, up. Did they know you as Chase from the Boss Hog? Yeah, Liberty? they did said, that hey, that's not gay Chase. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the bad thing is, is he shot twice. I'm pretty sure he missed the first time. <laughs> so I then don't it, know what that says about our it, sheriffs. Then it obviously wasn't Matt Pierce, who never misses. <laughs> or Brandy. Her aim is trash. Well, but she's Newcastle police. Shout out to nice. them. Like they're they're very nice and you know, Well, I look for me, I look so. forward to their invoice for the for the ammunition that they, they <laughs> discharged true. at the county's true. expense. All right. Well, uh I'm glad I, I can't wait until you bring us some backstrap. All right. I will. Chris, right. let's go to your Chris, final Chris, thoughts. You, you've got some uh, a little bit of Newcastle news. Yeah, uh, so far, let's see. Uh, Mary has filed for no, wait, uh, city council. Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say divorce. For the, city, <laughs> for the city council. Wait, um, Chris is married? <laughs> I always forget her last name. It starts with a B. Mary Brewington. Brewington. Brewington, yes. Councilwoman Brewington. She has filed for re-election. Jeff Hancock has in Ward 2. Jerry Walden in 3. Uh, Aaron Dickin has not yet filed, Aaron. We're waiting patiently. Uh Let's see. Coger hasn't filed in five. Peck and Paul has filed. We thought he One might. One of that large. So, at uh, large. See, if Aaron we, was gay, he would be qualified for president. He sure, <laughs> he'd be qualified for mayor. <laughs> but no, uh, Rex Peck and Paul, we, I, there was a potential that he was going to run for mayor, but he actually is going to go ahead and re-seek re- election for the at-large. And Lynn Perdue, the only Republican known to be running is re-seeking seeking re-election for right. at large. And, and, you, and you're per- currently York, considering your options for I'm, what you might do. Yes. And York is the only known mayor candidate that we know of yet. So they only have until February 8th? Is it 8th or is it 3rd? I thought it was 8th. Because Could I think the 3rd is Super Bowl Sunday. Rules. I think the 3rd is Super Bowl Sunday. which might I be don't know. We don't that. have a, a meeting. That, that, that's how I know. When the Libertarian Party has a meeting, that's when I know it's playoff football time. <laughs> <laughs> no. Every time, every time uh, Chairman Davis calls a, calls a Libertarian Party meeting, there's some sort of a Colts football game on. Well, what is I, wrong with you? Yeah. you? You have no respect for Lord football. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why. Because you just called it Lord football. <laughs> and that's gross. All right. All right. Now that's, that's enough of that. Uh, Rob, this is, the, this is the final chance for you to, uh, to pitch. pitch your day job. How people follow you? They watch the Rob Kendall. Listen to the Rob Kendall show. You're you're on terrestrial radio ninety three one WIBC Indianapolis Indiana. Yes, uh, thank you guys for having me on. It's always a blast to come out to beautiful Newcastle, drive past the Steve Alford Inn, the old shoe, the the Knightstown Gym. It's uh, it's awesome to come out here. I always love the trip down seventy. So thank you for doing that and and inviting me. And thank you for all you guys do. It's a labor of love. I know, and uh, I love listening and watching. And so thank you guys for, for all you do. I want to say, again, thanks to my lovely wife, Haley, who uh, is almost done with her uh, master's degree. Really? Nice. Almost done. She's getting close. What's Man. her master's in? Uh, MBA. She's getting an MBA. Master's, so, master's administration. I love so it. So she'll be able to earn the money, and yep. you can just be governor. You can be civil yeah. servant Rob. It'll be great. 
It'll be uh, it'll be just fantabulous. So she's working really hard. So thank you uh, to her. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob M Kendall uh, at Rob M Kendall on Twitter. And uh, thank you guys again for letting me be a part of the show. Did you, do you have the blue check mark yet? I do not. I'm at twenty eight hundred. I don't know how they do the blue check mark. We got to get that. For I heard you, there man. was a process for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't because some people you have can be a part followers. of the blue check mark mob. Yeah, that's uh, like. But then I've seen people with like hundreds of thousands of followers that don't have it. So. I mean, yeah. you're a major media celebrity. They can take it away. This seems this yeah. seems wrong. Yeah, that's that probably that would probably happen to me. Didn't like didn't Stephen Crowder's blue check mark get taken away or something like yeah, that? Yeah, like uh, and then they, sometimes they take you off Twitter altogether if you misbehave. <laughs> well, um, there was a there was an article in Vanity Fair, I think it was. I clicked the link on Drudge Report, but anyway, and it was about uh, Jack Dorsey responding to complaints <laughs> about neo-Nazis on Twitter, and he said, we're trying to crack down, we really are, and I thought, I was like, I hate Twitter and my, like, and my pledges, They're almost as bad as Illinois Nazis. What neo-Nazis are there on Twitter? Next Sunday's Rob Kendall show will have Dakota Davis on it. There we go! Next Sunday's? You can, you can come out during the week, we'll tape an interview, we'll work around your schedule, we'll make it happen. Um, okay. You gotta. You we'll figure it out. Committal, friend. Um, yeah. I mean, this is the ten thousand watt issue. mega station. Yeah. Well, they can work around my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guest. I'm the guest. All right. I'm sort of a big deal. <laughs> so you hit me up on Facebook. We'll come out and we'll we'll do a segment because right. you're right. Chris Mangle should not be on more than Dakota Davis. <laughs> Ooh, I, I do want to give a, a shout out to Barn Beast. It is not disgusting like I used to think it was. It is actually fucking delicious. <laughs> want the explicit label again <laughs> all right chris bilberry's uh listening from winchester he uh he did give us in the chat real quick i clicked a button and oh my gosh the have you ever Rob, Jeremiah's a baby I, just boomer? Had a, I just had a boomer moment <laughs> yeah. and i moved the taskbar on my laptop to the right <laughs> i thankfully knew what happened and i gotta move back chris uh chris posted february 8th is the filing deadline At for noon. municipal elections noon uh, noon uh, Eastern time or uh, whatever uh, your county courthouse <laughs> <laughs> whatever your county courthouse says whatever don't Sue park goes to lunch police parking yeah, no, don't, don't park there uh, final thoughts DD D squared uh, by the way he, he's going to be in a Buick commercial I know he's going to do WIBC this week but, but <laughs> by the way, <laughs> by, by the way <laughs> boom <laughs> the Davises purchased a brand new Buick Oh wow! They did. are the world's youngest Buick buyer yeah, that has ever existed. Fancy, fancy. Yeah. Here's the I, thing. I said if they if you buy one, you're going to end up in a commercial because you are <laughs> they they are they've been getting the bad rap for having the 72 year old buyer having a 22 year old buyer. This is like you, you're going to be you're going to be the Jared. Yeah. Where's the, Jared the Buick? I don't see the Buick. It's right there. Yeah, like in those commercials. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> I just caught on. Is your yeah. first new car you've ever purchased. No. So you, so you literally got nothing. It's not your then. first third. new car. You purchased, you bought a new car before? This is your third brand new car. Yeah. The Chevy Spark. The Sonic. Oh, that was the gayest car what? I've How's, ever seen. I've never bought a new car. car. How's it feel to buy a new car? Um, like you, you walk out of there and you have conflicting emotions yeah. because you're like, you're like, wow, I love this new car. But then you're like, it was a bad investment. <laughs> <laughs> but you just like, you can't go in there thinking I'm, I'm making a good investment, right? right? You just got to think I need to get a good enough deal to where I'll get everything I want with, right. for the money. Yeah. Like for the right money. So it's fine. Congratulations. I like, I love the car. We go to, we go to Chicago like 
four or so times a year. Yeah. And we've been taking my wife's grandmother's Buick. Oh, yeah. They fell in love with Buick. The lacrosse. Well, you can you can drive it to WIBC this week, and we'll take a spin around the circle. Maybe we'll do a Facebook Live video. <laughs> hey, did, did you tell your grandma you hit a ladder in that Buick? A ladder. That was true. Do you, do you, I, so we were driving back from Chicago uh, after our trip. It wasn't a ladder. I don't know why you guys. It was I was told it was a ladder. It was a ladder. No, it was, one, it was a top rail from like an SUV. No. You guys a, kept texting us a, a ladder, and Audrey a, and I were both like, You drove a over ladder. A, a ladder. I guarantee nah. it. Jeremiah is a liar. <laughs> you are fake, fake news. Fake news, Lion chair. Old lion chair. Old lion All right, we got that worked in. Anything else, Dakota? Yep, uh, I want to give a shout-out to uh, Jonathan Phillips, who uh, we already gave him a shout-out at the beginning of the show because he's a Patreon member, but he also gave me a great deal on a brand-new Buick Envision. <laughs> and he is uh, located at Andy Moore Buick GMC in Fishers, Indiana, and he will hook you up with a sweet car. It's uh, Last week, I bought a new GMC Terrain. This week, Dakota got bought serious the, podcast the, the, money. The Buick, the Buick Envision. So Has I, Christy Avery upped her donations? <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been quite the week for the, the guys over at Andy Moore. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they realize the number of cars that the Boswell Podcast has, <laughs> has purchased, and we can work out some sort of a deal because the uh, the Andy Moore Hotline sounds amazing right now. <laughs> uh, next week uh, we have. The new editor of the Courier Times is that correct, Travis Week Wyke? Yeah, that's true. Saved Games Library downtown Newcastle, Indiana. Wyke, like American, Budweiser, American hero Travis Wyke, medic yeah. to the uh, to the United States Army. He's had not late. anymore. He's been honorably Former. discharged, retired. Right, Henry was County, Newcastle. Everybody's got like three yeah, jobs. Was a, yeah. Everybody's got like three things they do. Yeah, so that's we're, we're looking forward to having Travis. Probably on moved to an honorable discharge now. He, Hopefully, it was probably it wasn't just a general under. Some kind of family. No, nobody what, cares. Yeah. Hopefully it wasn't the bad one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll it have, was. Um, we don't have we don't support those people on the show. <laughs> we'll have Travis on next week. Thank you so much to Rob Kendall. I'm excited that he uh, he came out here. I'm amazed every week that people come join us from Indianapolis out here on this in show. Vogue. It's uh it's a good time. Who did uh, I book next week, Jer? What's that? Who did we book next week? I, we just talked about it. Travis Wyke. Week. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> The, I listen to the Espresso podcast. They are copying us, just like Juice in the Morning has been copying us. Brent Tierhoon's on their show next week. It's uh, We are trendsetters. This show to be fair, we is, we is dominating. The, we stole the mic arms from Juice in the Morning. That's true. <laughs> but we are setting the tone for podcasts in Central Indiana. We're East Central Indiana fa- Indiana's favorite, but I think we are Indiana's trendsetting We're podcast. getting pretty close to having to change the logo again. <laughs> <laughs> How big is that windmill going to be? That's the question. I think right. that the whole thing needs to be a windmill. <laughs> Real quick before we sign off, Dakota, is tomorrow going to be your first hockey game? No. No, you've been? Yes, Good. plenty of times. In oh, the past. yes. Autograph session. The uh, the Boss Hog Liberty guys will be at the Indy Fuel game. <laughs> it's a junket. Uh, Friday night, the Fuel game. Chris please Guffey. Don't, has... Please don't walk up to me during the Fuel game. <laughs> no, we will be in section 208. <laughs> <laughs> I was told we're in a suite. Are we not in a suite? They don't have suites at the Farmer's Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, Andrew Smith might be able to help us out in that. Yeah, that man, press our friend box. Andrew. I, I'm I'm in negotiations to get Andrew Smith, the voice of the Indiana Fuel, uh, on the program. But he's also sure. a very busy guy. Between Rob and Andrew, I think they call about 350 games a year. Uh, so I don't know. One someday we'll find a, a Thursday night that uh, Andrew Smith is not doing something, and we'll have him on the show too. 
That's enough of this. We will see you guys next week. I'm told I. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians Network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.